You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. It's time for the Dragon Con Report, a podcast dedicated to help newcomers and veterans prepare for the upcoming annual convention in downtown Atlanta. With interviews, advice, and news from the pros and fans alike, be careful, you never know, you might actually learn something. Howdy, everyone, and welcome to the sixth episode of the 2018 Dragon Con Con Report. There's about two months left until Dragon Con. Ooh, everybody's so quiet. Well, well you yes. know. I figured, I figured, well, I guess it's just, it's, settle, it's still settling in, right? <laughs> the shock or what? <laughs> exactly. I'm uh, so behind schedule, I haven't even become shocked yet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a problem. There, there was actually... Like, Dragon Con just happened. <laughs> <laughs> there is actually a post today at the Dragon Con uh, cosplay group on Facebook that said something to the effect of, um, do you get to this point near the con for a cosplay and then just give up on it? I'm like, I don't even have a plan for a new cosplay <laughs> yet. <laughs> I, I and you're giving yet. up? It's <laughs> just like... Mm-mm. No, I just All look right. at the sky and say, "I'm glad you're I don't doing cosplay." It wrong, darling, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> you need the panic and the coffee to help you with your cosplay. That's right. Well, hopefully, we can help you as well. At least uh, in uh, panic all together as a group, right? Uh, so you're not panicking alone. Uh, you can listen to this special. We thank you for joining us. Uh, I'm your host, Mike Gordon. I'm pleased to introduce you to the rest of our station crew, uh, starting, of course, with the ever so important director, Mike Faber. 60 days, folks. Look at your calendars, count it up, and Dragon Con is going to be here before we even know it. Yes, yes, it certainly will. And and Darren Noel is back with us. Howdy, everybody. What's shaking? Howdy, sir. Um, yeah, Ooh, we're down to we're getting down to the wire now. We are indeed, sir. We really feel indeed. I'm really starting to feel it now. And well, you've, got, Lu- you've got all those tiki torches to light. So <laughs> yes, I do. Um, <laughs> for yes, I do with love, with love. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I'm lighting them with love. Um, <laughs> and Mary Lou, who is back with us? I'm here. Yes, thank you for that. <laughs> um, and also, I want to give a shout out to Mary in particular because uh, she brought to my attention because she wonderfully shared our last episode. And uh, of course, when we do our episodes, we sort of put a, a nice little graphic. Usually, it's a picture that Mike or myself or one of the crew has taken during uh, Dragon Con past of a particular cosplay we found impressive. And uh, when Mary, you posted yours, and the people who were in the photo actually uh, got in touch with you. Is that correct? Yeah, they just commented. One of them just commented, like, OMG, and, like, tagged their friend, who was also in the picture. And the other person just replied, like, oh, my God, that's us. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just like, oh, my gosh, that's amazing. You guys look so good. You know, like, I'll, you know, pass, you know, your info along to our people so we can make sure we credit you. Um, but I think they were mostly just excited to see themselves and yeah, they looked awesome. So I can't I, like, I am, I'm so glad to return that favor because when I saw them, I was excited to see them. Uh, yeah. they're, they're, 
I, I'm a particular fan of the show Glow, and their cosplay was certainly on point. I mean, it was my favorite of the weekend. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I will give a shout out to them right now. Um, and I think this is their cosplay name, but it might not be. I'm not sure. But uh, uh, Pleasant Girl, is she goes by on Instagram, uh, Kit Pleasant. And I believe the other one is 50thirst, uh, who I'm not sure what uh, the real name is of that person. But um, uh, they they are both on Instagram. Um, and I have tagged them in our uh, Instagram picture as well. And yes, we do try to give credit where we can. Um, sometimes it's a little difficult, uh, certainly in the uh, span of a convention when we see people and they're taking pictures and that kind of thing. It's hard to get to know everybody and then keep it straight afterwards. So I would say, you know, certainly if um, we use your pictures uh, or pictures of you on our on our uh, cover art, uh, it's it's done a out of love because we really respect what you guys do as cosplayers. And also um, feel free to tag yourselves and let us know and we'll give you a shout out. So because uh, that's just uh, it's great fun. It's a way that we can I kind of all share the experience together, I think. So um, thanks for reaching out to Mary and Mary. Thanks for bringing it to my attention as well. Totally. They were amazing. They were absolutely amazing. Did you actually see them in person or? No. Well, I had no I hadn't seen Glow at Dragon Con, by Dragon Con last year. So if I did see them, I wouldn't have recognized them. But I watched it recently, and so, like, I wish I had seen it and seen them because, like, that was such a cool idea, and they executed it really well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, very cool. Um, uh, we're also going to check in uh, with Michelle Biddick-Simmons and Eternal Zan and Kevin Batchelder. And joining us a little later is going to be Sue Kissenweather from the Dragon Con Newbies Group. Uh, we're going to talk all about um, your con bag. So uh, we will have a definition of that too. I hope. Um, so <laughs> isn't that a little personal, Mister Gordon? Well, you know, hey, we, out of my con bag. Look, I think we've already established uh, for the year, many years we've been doing this show that nothing is off the table. Is that correct? It's fairly true. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, just... we're gonna get we're gonna get into it. We're gonna get into. It. <laughs> you're digging your hole deep. You're face. digging your hole deeper, Mike. All right, it's time for sponsors. Um, <laughs> The Dragon Con Con Report is sponsored in part by Borderland Comics and Games in beautiful Greenville, South Carolina. For more information, check out borderland.us.com. I also know that Borderland Comics and Games will be a vendor in the vendor's room. Uh, that is in America's Mart. So as soon as we get uh, what their actual uh, assignment, their booth assignment is going to be, we're going to add that to the uh, the the plug here. So, But you'll definitely want to check them out. They will be on one of three floors and America's Mart. So, and I'm uh, sure they're so happy about us talking about their con bag, also. Yes. Well, I, I, I yeah, I'm, I can't speak for them, uh, but uh, yeah, sure. Um, we are also a proud member of the ESO Network. Be sure to check out the Amazon link at the top of the ESONetwork.com site. It doesn't cost you any more to purchase your stuff, and it really does help us out a lot. We also have a T Public store filled with all kinds of cool designs. There's a link for that on top of the um, ESO network page as well. And of course, we want to, we love your support. We love the support of our patrons, don't we, Mike? Oh, of course we do. Anyone could become a patron. And we've been getting a lot of people joining in with us, and you get exclusive material only available to members of the ESO network patron. It's pretty darn awesome. Patreon is a great place for 
basically, you know, crowdsourcing and funding, but we also reward you for, you know, helping us out. And, you know, weekly, we're giving you exclusive podcast episodes from all the different shows on the network. And Mike, we actually have a special announcement with that today. We absolutely do. Um, starting uh, the first week of July, uh, we will be releasing uh, all of our the uh, so far we have a, a, a bank of unaired episodes of panels that we did as the various ESO network podcasts have done at DragonCon. We've got a, a bunch of them. So we're going to release one a week only to Patreon subscribers. So um, that includes some discussions in the sci-fi classics track, some discussions in the comics programming area, uh, some other tracks as well. Some great things, great discussions, great memories. Uh, I know that um, recently someone released on Facebook a, um, a very first panel that uh, I believe the very first panel that ESO Earth Station One did at Dragon Con back in 2012. Yes, how amazing was that to see? Oh yeah, because William was our microphone boy, and William <laughs> only came up to like our shoulders at the time. <laughs> that was really fun. Uh, we've got that posted, uh, I think, on our group. Is that right? That, that was where someone posted it, right? To yep. our ESO Network group. I think Bobby Nash actually shared it onto that group. Yeah, so check that out as well. But we're going to have panels. It's going to be audio only, uh, but um, uh, you can check those out starting again in July, and those will be there. So if you miss, you know, if you join in late July, you'll still have access to all the the material that we've ever released to uh, patrons. So, mm -hmm. exactly. and uh, I believe that I believe in order to get exclusive content, including that Dragon Con material. Uh, that'll is that that's a uh, five dollars or higher. Is that correct? Exactly, starting at the five dollar mark. But you can help support us as little as a dollar a month. So, not too shabby. But if you no. want to get exclusive material, there is going to you know be you know at five dollars. That's where the Dragon Con information and panels will be. But there is going to eventually after Dragon Con, we're going to be putting together a monthly ESO network. Uh, I think we're going to have a newsletter, but also for people at the $10 and above, we're going to be having an exclusive podcast created officially for the Patreon called ESO After Dark. That's right. That is happening post-Dragon Con, if yes. we survive. If we survive. <laughs> That's right. Because we do have a lot of events going to be happening this year, but we'll bring it up probably next month. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, if you would like to leave feedback or comment on our show, please call our ESO feedback line at 404-963-9057. Uh, please feel free to call that line and tell us your dragon tale. We've got a few of those to play at the end of the show. So uh, if you want to call us and leave your own dragon tale, uh, please do so. Call the number and leave a message for about uh, a minute or so, and uh, we will play it on the air. Um, and let's get started now with a bit of news. There's not a lot of news that's not guest related that's come out. Um, I do want to point out that uh, last year DragonCon partnered with Parking Panda downtown. There is a new partner this year. It is Spot Hero. Uh, don't have the details yet uh, per se, but you can go to DragonCon's official site, dragoncon.org, and uh, pull up the transportation resources page. And that'll tell you all you need to know. But uh, I did want to let you know that you can reserve uh, parking uh, spots in in 
you can ahead of time. So you can all pay for your parking and make sure that uh, your car is in someplace, uh, someplace relatively safe. Of course, you want to take all precautions. Don't leave any valuables in your car. Uh, but um, yeah, so Spot, uh, Spot Hero is the actual park, uh, parking partner. Boy, that's hard to say. Parking, parking partner. partner. Oh, great. Yeah, there you well, go. Well, that's a little bit of good advice, too, because, you know, folks, if you do have reservations at a host hotel, that doesn't guarantee you a parking space at that hotel at all. No. That's true. <laughs> those usually fill up on, like, Thursday. Wednesday. Now Wednesday. You're right. Now Wednesday. Wednesday. So, yeah, so this would be a great way to help you find parking that's fairly close to your hotel. Awesome. Yes, absolutely. And, and I was also... talking about parking, though, real quick. Make sure if you're parking one of the lots nearby, go out and make sure you're paid up. That's true. But make sure you don't because have a boot. you will be booted and or towed without question. Yes. Just letting yes. you know that Atlanta's dogmatic about that. So even if it's yes. in a paid parking garage uh, Sunday, when I was downtown, I saw one car that had two boots on it. Oh, well, they were accessorized. They just wanted to make sure the thumps would go all together. <laughs> Probably had been there too long without paying for it to be there. Or something, I guess. So, yeah. You got to watch that parking stuff. Absolutely. And uh, and before, right before we get to the uh, guest announcements, because there's been a lot of those, and I want to get to them, um, Mike and Darren, do you guys want to talk about what you guys did over the weekend? I don't think that's any of your business, Mr. Gordon. That's our personal information. <laughs> Hello. Rude. Rude. Well, now I really want to know. Uh-huh. Yeah, me See? Too. See? I, I, I've heard there's a video. Hey, hey, hey. hey I... What have you heard? <laughs> what happens in downtown Atlanta stays in downtown Atlanta. Until it's uploaded to the internet, it's true. And it will be uploaded to the internet. Well, we might as well break the surprise right now. Uh, basically a couple years ago, Darren and I filmed a very successful Dragon Con walking tour of the five hotels. Years ago. Five uh, years ago. Can you believe it was five years ago? 2013. I cannot, I cannot believe that it was five years ago. Well, a lot has changed at Dragon Con since then. And so we decided to get off our duffs and actually redo one. And so we spent the morning on Sunday walking the hotels. And going through all the different sky bridges, going over to America's Mart, uh, the Westin, and, you know, even what they're doing at Peachtree Center. So, you know, there's a lot of changes happening, and we actually are going to be showing that in the video. Right from the very beginning at the Sheraton, we walked up there, and it, the whole lobby was all fenced in up on top. They are doing a complete renovation of the Sheraton lobby area. And so they're saying it's going to be done by Dragon Con, but, right. but folks, don't be surprised. <laughs> so no, they, right, were, they were loading people in through where we usually walk into registration. So this could impact us greatly. Exactly. So it's just it's you know something to be aware of, and also they're doing massive, massive uh, redoing of the Peachtree Center food court. Yep. And as much so that. <laughs> There's exposed wiring. There's they have the whole downstairs closed, and part of the uh, section like over by where Subway and Moe's was, 
is all closed off and boarded up because they're redoing a lot of that area. It looks very Warriors slash Logan's run down there. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's not pretty right and now. And not the pretty city part of Logan's run no. either. The way when you're like trying to escape from, you know, the city. Yeah, that area. So, yeah, so we got, you know, some things changing over there. So definitely worth checking out. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for doing that. Um, and uh, yes, it is uh, an awesome resource. I know that the, you know, the one that we, that you guys put together five years ago, you know, still gets views. Um, it is uh, an incredible resource and uh, it'll be cool to put it back up, up and see it again. Yeah, it's always updated great. version. Still get emails. You know, the, the blood bank isn't there anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah we know. We know. <laughs> we know. That's Five we, years we later. We didn't say where anything is this time. We're just like, okay, check your app. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't blame us because Dragon Con changes things every year because they do. They change everything every year, and that's that's their thing. Fine, do it. Check the app. Check, check the, the app. app. Check the app. Absolutely. Absolutely. Check the app. But yeah, so the video should be live up on YouTube and other locations probably by mid July. Awesome. Well, we'll definitely let you know uh, when uh, it is as, as soon as we have it on our show, too. So, well, very cool. Well, yeah, now let's get to it. Like I said, the most of the news uh, over the last month or so has been guests, 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 and more guests. So, Mike and Mary, take it away. Okay, as always, we will be starting at the bottom of the list. And to be a proper gentleman, especially here in the South, Mary, you get to go first. All right, here we go. Pam Severance is an accidental vaudevillian and zero-time Academy Award-winning performer, taking her silent puppetry acts to puppet slams, comedy, and variety festivals around the country. She's produced and performed on projects with PBS, IFC, and Amazon, and enjoys writing short autobiographies in the third person. Leah N. Ulbrich is a Los Angeles-based performer and puppet fabricator for stop-motion animation. Most recently, she built puppets for Super Mansion Super Season 3, out now on Crackle. She also fabricates specialty props, puppets, and costume items for theater and film, and frequently performs in local puppetry slams in Los Angeles. Matt Nitschie has been the co-host of the DragonCon Puppet Slam since its inception and the hand behind, as the hand behind Bob, the sci-fi janitor. Anya Martin debut collection Sleeping with the Monsters coming this autumn from Lithy Press. Her fiction appears in anthologies, magazines, chapbooks, and comics. She's also a journalist, editor of ATLRetro.com and producer of the Outer Dark podcast on This Is Horror. Moxie Ann Mangus, Magnus, what, I always get her name wrong. Moxie Ann Magnus, chief xenocosmetologist on the USS Enterprise of the 23rd century, is the only cadet in the history of the fleet to pass the Kobayashi hairdo, a no-weave scenario. She's a comedian, ukulelist, and queen of outer space, and she's here to put the drag in Dragon Con. And she's fabulous! Oh, she is. Has she ever been a guest before? Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, cool. Okay. I didn't. I wasn't sure. I was like, uh, that just seemed like I know she's just around. She's. I almost. Uh, yeah. Just assumed she's going to be there. Though. Well, you can trip over her Janice Rand hairdo. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it's well, impressive. She can, she can knock you out with it too. Yeah. Too. Blair McIntyre is a professional teacher of AR and VR and video game design and research scientist at Mozilla, leading the effort to bring AR to the web. Katie Katz is an L.A.-based puppeteer and special effects artist for film, television, and theater. Daryl C. Helsrig is an award-winning filmmaker based in Atlanta. He is a founding member of the New Puppet Order, a mature and experimental puppet film collection, and have screened at film festivals worldwide. Kellen Goff's more notable roles include Funtime Freddy and Five Nights at Freddy's Sister Location, Creatures in Zoink and EA's F.E., featured at E3 in 2016, Ron Shaku's father in Yandir Simulator, Icor and Sima Yi in Heroes of No Earth, and Sammy the Spade in Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared 6. Bonnie Duncan blends puppetry, dance, and physical theater in a surprising and delightful ways. She currently makes and tours super fun theater for families throughout the U.S. and abroad as part of the Go To Bees. She also creates shows for adult audiences performing in living rooms and on fancy stages. Tom Kenny and the High Seas are a rock and roll soul R&B band that brings the party wherever and whenever they perform. They are the embodiment of no holds barred all in rock and roll. Simply put, their mission statement can be summed up as follows. Hey, let's have as much fun as humanly possible. And for those who don't know, Tom Kenny is SpongeBob. Jennifer Spence is well-known as sci-fi audiences, the brainy and secretly labrocious Dr. Lisa Park on Stargate Universe, and as plucky IT genius Betty Robinson on Continuum. Spence is currently shooting a recurring role on Brad Wright's new Netflix series, Travelers. Julie Shields is a voice actor, singer, and musician whose songs have been featured in Borderlands 2 and SpongeBob SquarePants. Most recently, her voice has been featured in Five Nights at Freddy's Sister Location, Alice VR, and Book of Demons. Heather Masters' voice can be heard as Spider-Gwen in Marvel's Avengers Academy, Circus Baby in Five Nights at Freddy's World and Sister Location, multiple characters in the game The Wannabe, the indie game Faceless, and a few games yet to be released. Best known for Battlestar Galactica, actress Leah Cairns also starred in Kyle XY, guest starred in Sanctuary, Supernatural, True Calling, and Godiva's, and has been has appeared on 88 Minutes in Interstellar. Cairns currently co-stars the popular sci-fi Netflix drama series Travelers. Sherry Pernick has appeared in over 20 years' experience as a freelance puppeteer, actor, and director. She is inspired by the nuanced movement and emotional intricacy of tabletop puppetry. In 2016, Sherry co-founded the PDX Puppetry Collective, which holds bi-weekly puppetry labs and builds a network of practitioners to develop their craft collaboratively. Sam Koji Hale is a filmmaker and puppetry artist. Sam's short Yama song received Best Animated Film at DragonCon Independent Film Festival in 2010. Sam returns to DragonCon with the feature film Yama Song, March of the Hollows, produced by Dark, Dark Dunes Productions and executive produced by Heather Henson and Tommy Froud. 
will be proud. Patrick Gilmore is best known for his TV roles as Dr. Dale Volker on Sci-Fi Network's Stargate Universe, Trinan in the award-winning sci-fi web fantasy series Rises, the notorious wealthy entrepreneur Tom Drexler on AMC's hit The Killings, and most recently, David Mailer on Travelers. Nesta Cooper is an actress best known for her roles as Danny Barnes in Reality High, Shannon in The Edge of Seventeen, and for her performances on The 100, Supergirl, and Heroes Reborn. Since 2016, Cooper has had a main role as Carly Shannon in the Netflix series Travelers. I'm sensing a theme there. I don't know why. (laughs) Ian Zierig is an actor and voice actor best known for his role as Steven Sanders on the television series Beverly Hills 90210, which he played from 1990 to 2000. He is also the voice of Vinny on Biker Mice from Mars and Finn Shepard on the Sharknado series. Toucan Dub is known for fun, high-energy shows with an audience involvement. Performing at Ren Fairs, music festivals, and pubs, featuring entertaining with Irish and Scottish music, Americana, and original comedy songs, with plenty of jokes and banter to keep everyone smiling. Toucan Dub is your cultic, Celtic music and entertainment choice. The Murder of Jane Crow is a ruffling feathers around the world with a unique fusion of goth, cabaret, classical music, and gypsy storytelling at one theatrical and deeply personal. This quartet of crows delivers their very own style, featuring piano, violin, guitar, and rich vocal harmonies. The Misbehaven Maidens are a body nerd folk band comprised of four women from the Washington, D.C., Baltimore area with a love of performing in cosplay and pirate garb and occasionally in plain clothes and a repertoire of feminist, sex-positive music, LGBTQIA plus representation, parodies, drinking, and fandom references for the 18-plus geek crowd. Lucy Pohl is a German-American film and TV voice actor, comedian, and writer, and is the voice of Mercy from Blizzard Entertainment's Overwatch. She is known for her roles in Red Dwarf Season, I guess it's 11, Homeland, Fantastic Beasts, and Where to Find Them, and David Chase's Not Fade Away. Hardwired for rock, Plank Eye Peggy blends surf, Latin, gypsy, and dance rhythms into tightly woven compositions that showcase singing voices alongside instrumental bombast. Plank Eye Peggy is a rock quartet. That is a tongue twister, y'all. Have a good time seeing them. I bet they're good at lyrics. Uh, Is a rock quartet with equal parts electric guitar and keyboards from Asheville, North Carolina, who plays with the horn section as often as possible. Landlocked plays music that ranges from traditional Irish tunes to voice and drum sea shanties, along with modern Celtic pub favorites and lively drinking songs. With nearly 30 years combined performing experience, Landlocked shows are highly energetic, interactive, and can be tailored for any setting. Felt Nerdy is the husband and wife Atlanta-based puppetry team of Charles Kelso and Veronica Daschle. They've been bringing their own brand of nerdy puppets to conventions across the Southeast for over five years. And that also, Veronica Deschel is also coming, so both of them will be there. So you get to go again. Okay, all right. (laughs) Charlotte Chung is an actress who is the voice of D. I I don't know this. Diva? Is that that it? Diva. Okay. All right, let me start over. Okay. 
Charlotte Chung is an actress who is the voice of Diva from Blizzard Entertainment's Overwatch, Sarah from Call of Duty Black Ops 3, and Aisha from Agents of Mayhem. She's also voiced characters in Call of Duty Advanced Warfare, State of Decay 2, and StarCraft 2 Nova Covert Ops. The Brogdon Brards are back for Driving Con Reunion. The traditional Irish and Scottish folk singers mix it up with the Lord of the Rings music to create a unique brand of Celtic folk. And when they say unique, you better believe it. Anjali Bimani is best known as the voice of Symmetra in Overwatch and Nisha in Fallout 4 Nuka World. On TV, fans know her from Modern Family, Cassandra French's Finishing School, NCIS, Criminal Minds, The Sopranos, Law & Order SVU, among many, many others. Eric Renking Fisk is the host and founder of the Fedora Chronicles, your guide to the realm of Dyson Punk and support group for Fedora aficionados and retronauts since 2014. The Double Clicks are a pair of sisters from Portland, Oregon, who write songs that are all at once snarky, geeky, and sweet. You'll hear about geekdom, cats, dinosaurs, and lots of feelings. Anne in Papa Wall is a British actress best known for her roles as Susan Peveris in the Chronicles of Narnia films. She has also starred as Microsoft's live-action series Halo, Forward Unto Dawn, and most recently appeared as Lola in three seasons of the CW hit Rain. Craig Parker was most recently the villainous Narcisse in CW's Rain. He also has appeared as... Ho oh my god, he was also Haldir in Lord of the Rings?! What is happening? <laughs> <laughs> is it really the same dude? Oh my god. No wonder they were both my favorite. It makes so much sense now. Okay, sorry. Calming down. <laughs> he, he's also appeared as Haldir in Lord of the Rings, Scruffy Lycan Sabas in Underworld Rise of the Lycans, Evil but Beautiful Haired Dark and Rawl in The Legend of the Seeker, and Gaius Glaber in Spartacus. Megan Fellows is an actor and director known worldwide for her role as Anne Shirtley in the classic miniseries Anna Green Gables and Anne of Avonlea, and for her critical acclaimed performance of Catherine the Medici in The CW's Reign. Lucky Yates plays Dr. Krieger on the hit show Archer on FX. He also played a bazillion characters on the show Good Eats on the Food Network alongside his pal Alton Brown. He has a podcast with Amber Nash, who is Pam on Archer. Robert J. Sawyer has won the Hugo Nubia and John W. Campbell Memorial Awards, all for his best science fiction novel of the year. The ABC TV series Flash Forward was based on his Aurora Award-winning novel of the same name, and he is one of the writers for that program. Van Jensen writes comics including James Bond, The Flash, Green Lantern Corps, Pinocchio, Vampire Slayer, and Two Dead from Simon and & Schuster and Crypto Cryptocracy. He's also a filmmaker, writer, and has been directing films and music videos. In 2016, he was named a U.S. State Department comic book ambassador. Okay, I wasn't sure I was reading that right, but that's real. Yeah. Cool. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Doc Hammer writes voices and does other things for the Venture Brothers. He voices several recurring characters, including... Billy Quizboy, Henchman 21, Dr. Girlfriend, and Demote Fector. Hammer is also a singer, guitarist, and songwriter. 
Widely regarded as the greatest professional wrestler of all time, Ric Flair is a professional wrestling manager and retired professional wrestler. <laughs> he is noted for his tenures with the National Wrestling Alliance, World Championship Wrestling, World Wrestling Federation, and Total Nonstop Action Wrestling. Nice. Mm-hmm. The man will be there. <laughs> Woo! Gigi Etcherly starred as Chiana on Farscape, and the, the Jim Henson Cos Company. Edgerly is an internationally renowned actress, recording artist, comic creator, director. Some of her credits are Jim Henson's Creature Shop Challenge, FX Feud F Fentale, Dementio, Showdown at the Arena 51, Quantum Apocalypse, Peacekeeper Wars, and Star Trek Continues. Voice actor... Dino Andra Andrade is best known as Professor Putricide, Memoron, Mechatork, and the Mad Bomber from World of Warcraft. You you want to know how I know how to pronounce all those, but not the guy who voices them's name? It's because I'm a big World of Warcraft player. You're welcome. <laughs> what? No laughs? All right, fine. We'll move on. We're laughing That's... inside, dear. <laughs> we, we know you got mad geek cred. We just thought everyone knew that. Absolutely. I can see on a Megatork, but not Android. <laughs> <laughs> he also plays the Scarecrow from Batman Arkham Asylum. His other credits include Dishonored 2, Prey, Star Trek Online, D&D Neverwinter, Helsing, and Pop of Snap, Crackle, and Pop Thing. Dana Swenson is a voice actor, musician, game reviewer, and person who improvises too much from Atlanta, Georgia. She provides the talky parts of Tsunami's Sarah, Dark Ages, Madison, and Glenn's wife on Saudi Hills, while rec also recording music and voice nonsense for various other Adult Swim projects. Eric Edelstein stars as Grizz on We Bear Bears and has roles on Parks and Recreation, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Modern Family, Twin Peaks, Shameless, and Drunk History. In addition, Edelstein has co-starred in Jurassic World, Hotel for Dogs, and Alexander the, and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. Jay Firestone heads Prodigy Pictures, a leader in the production of quality films, television, and cross-performance media. Prodigy is responsible for the critically acclaimed television series Lost Girl, which has electrified viewers from around the world and finished airing its fifth and final season in 2016. Jill Thompson is a comic book writer and illustrator who has worked for stage, film, and television. Well known for her work on Neil Gaiman's The Sandman characters and her own scary godmother stories, she has worked on The Invisibles, Swamp Thing, and Wonder Woman as well. Mitch Pileggi is an actor who best known for his roles as Walter Skinner on The X-Files. He has also recurring roles on Stargate Atlantis as Colonel Stephen Caldwell, Supernatural as Samuel Campbell, the Batman TV series as Commissioner James Gordon, and Sons of Anarchy as Ernest Darby. George Lowe, Cartoon Network's wildly popular Adult Swim block, was built on the cult hit Space Ghost Coast to Coast, which ran for a decade with legions of fans responsible for its success. George Lowe is the ad-libbing madman behind Space Ghost. Greg Hauser is known for his vocal work with companies like PetSmart, DuPont, American Express, and many others. In anime, Hauser has had the privilege as a utility actor for titles such as Evergelion, Iki Towson, Shikiri, 
Tales of the Vespera, and many others. Annabeth Gish is perhaps best known as Special Agent Monica Reyes on the cult hit series The X-Files, for which she was nominated for a Saturn Award for Best Supporting Actress on Television. She's also appeared in The West Wing, Flash Forward, Pretty Little Liars, CSI Investigation, and more. Francisco Francovella is best known for his moody pulp brushwork and brilliant colors. He has lent his artistic talents to covers for well-known titles such as Hellboy, Zorro, and many others. He is currently the series artist on Marvel's Black Panther, DC's Detective Comics, and upcoming Swamp Thing. William B. Davis is best known for his iconic role as the cigarette-smoking man in The X-Files, but his career has spanned over 60 years. He's also appeared in Smallville, Stargate, Continuum, 21 Jump Street, Stephen King's It, and many others. Bob Burden is Atlanta's own Eisner Award-winning comic artist, graphic novelist, and screenwriter. He created the world's first surrealist superhero, The Flaming Carrot. He also created The Mystery Men, which was made into a feature film, and has successfully adapted Gumby for the comic book medium. And that is the list, except for two other people they just announced today. Ready for this, folks? The 12th Doctor, Peter Capaldi, is coming to Dragon Con. And Whoa! That's right, folks. We announced it today. Yep. And, you know, what's the Doctor without his companion? Pearl Mackey, who played Bill, is also coming to Dragon Con. Oh, very awesome. nice. Um, so, I should watch that show, shouldn't I? Yeah, you, you probably, probably should, should get caught up, yeah. <laughs> you only have 50, a lot of, 54 of years worth. <laughs> I I started, I watched, you know, the new 2005 up until, like, Capaldi's first season. And I just, like, that's it. That's all I've seen. I liked him. I thought he was good. Why didn't you watch it? Because the writing wasn't good. Yeah. Okay. The stories were kind of dumb. Stephen Moffat. Yeah, oh, 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 I blame oh. everything in this world on Moffat. Let's not get started <laughs> on that. But <laughs> hey, who was that whisper? Let, I don't know let, what you're talking about. <laughs> okay, so when a geek, I, ha- I have let, a kindred spirit on the podcast. Let, let me just do a little geek translation for you, folks. When you hear "Don't get me started." about something geek related that means sit down this is gonna take (laughs) no no don't have time for that that's another podcast i literally meant don't get me started (laughs) exactly and and i concur sorry um yes okay oh no get her started come on on. (laughs) we're gonna get started on another topic how's um thanks mike and mary for that because i know that that's not easy uh you guys work hard on that so thank you and a lot of people are really drunk now so that's awesome (laughs) (laughs) it's the best way to be exactly i messed up today some of that was rough oh we both did let's drink to it (laughs) absolutely well, very cool. Thanks again. And uh, and now we're going to get into our main topic. And uh, you, yes, you might have already heard her. She is here with us. Uh, Sue Kissenweather is joining us on the station for the first time. Sue, welcome. Thank you. Hi. Absolutely. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I know that you're one of the admins for the Dragon Con newbies. Is that correct? Is that fair yes. to say? Yes. Uh, that is completely accurate to say. Um, and probably how, how most of Dragon Con goers know me is either from the Dragon Con newbies group or 
the fact that I am a serial panelist. Um, I wound up on 19 last year. Goodness, that is a, that is a big number. And yeah, is that, is that, was that a low year for you? <laughs> that, that's my record. Okay, all right, yeah. all right. So, yes, and I know that we have crossed paths as panelists before. So. Yes. Uh, so, welcome. Uh, we're glad to have you. Uh, you partly, actually, you did inspire uh, this uh, discussion. I was looking around at uh, various places online just to get what we should talk about next, and I was intrigued by the uh, article that you wrote or that you linked to about the con bag as Which a. I also um, wrote. Yeah, oh, you did write that. Yes. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> yes. All right. Um, about the con bag. So uh, <laughs> we want to know uh, more about the con bag and what what is your definition of the con bag? Your your con bag. I mean, it's right there in the name. It's the bag that you carry around with you when you're at a convention. This idea can be extended to your beach bag or your theme park bag, if you like Orlando a whole lot. It's the bag that you keep with you that has everything that you are going to need in it for your day. Because especially at DragonCon, you might not be staying on site, so you might not be able to go back to your room. Even if you are staying at a host hotel, you might not want to go back to your room. So you wanna make sure that you have everything you need, but nothing extra. Yes, because every little bit will weigh you down even more, right? Exactly. Right. And so so this is basically your essentials. And obviously that's going to vary somewhat from person to person, but there are some some items that are uh, pretty standard, you would think? Yes, absolutely. Gotcha. And and the rest of the of everybody here too, did do you like Darren Mary, do you guys have like something like this? Like do you uh, maybe not call it a con bag, but is there something that you carry around with you to, to for your essentials? Um, yes. For me, no. <laughs> I'm, I go back to my room frequently enough that I don't carry anything with me except my ID, my credit card, a little bit of cash, and my phone. Uh, unless I'm volunteering, in which case I bring a bag with a few snacks. But that's it. Gotcha. Now it is a little difficult when you're, you know, as a costumer, cosplay. I mean, obviously, um, you know, it is difficult to have a a bag of stuff with you, um, uh, especially if you don't have a handler, right? Yeah, and most of the time, if I'm not volunteering, I'm in a costume, so that's right. why. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, um, and I usually have uh, um, something. Um, uh with me as well um certainly i keep something that i carry from my room to the table um mike what about you well usually you know i have a backpack and you know it has a lot of my like postcards for the podcast or has a water bottle with me hand sanitizer or like some light snacks or something because i don't know if i'm going to be able to get back to my room until night and such so it's usually, you know, the stuff I need to carry around with me. Wow. The dragon gods are with us. This wow. Who's Whoa. having a thunderstorm? Was that Mike? That, that was me. <laughs> wow. And, uh, I'm sorry. I just haven't eaten yet today. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, yeah. Also, you know, I always also carry one of my our portable microphone on me all the time, too, in the backpack. Just in case, you know, we have to do an interview or... 
we have panels we record for our Patreon, which we brought up earlier in the show. Uh, Sue, what would you say are probably the essentials, the absolute necessities that should be in everybody's con bag? Well, I want to talk about the type of bag first, if that's oh, okay. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I do. <laughs> I, I do know that you you do get into that in the article. Yeah, this is it's very individualized. It comes down to how much you want to carry around. Um, but overall, I recommend something low profile, uh, something that that sits on your hip or maybe even under your arm. Uh, a handbag. If you're a cosplayer, a lot of people will build pockets into their costumes or build a bag that fits with their costume. Some people just carry the bag they would carry anyway, and they don't care. Um, but the biggest point about the type of bag is that I am, sorry, Mike, incredibly anti-backpack. Backpacks take up a lot of floor space, mm -hmm. and people aren't used to wearing them. So they don't have really good spatial awareness. And you know, I see it every year that somebody gets distracted. They're wearing a giant backpack. They turn quickly, and somebody else hits the floor. Good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Mm -hmm. So if you if you have to backpack, because I know some people do, at least if you're stationary, if you're standing in line, take it off and put it at your feet, because then you're at least going to take up less floor space. It's a courtesy thing. But in terms of the absolute essentials to have with you, it's what Mary mentioned. You want to have your phone, your ID, a little bit of cash, because you never know if a place is going to take a credit card or a debit card, uh, and your room key. And of course, at DragonCon, your batch. Those are the things you can't leave without. And I think it's important to note, too, that because uh, I've gotten um, this has been an issue for me at some hotels, is that try to keep your room key far away from your phone. <laughs> because yes. Uh, yes. because because it will it will mess up your room key. Um, the the electronic signals there or battery or something wipes uh, wipes out some of the code of the room key sometimes. Mm -hmm. I've I've had to get rekeyed a few times. Yeah, so you'll want to keep those a little separate. So yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, that that's really it for absolute essentials. I mean, everything else is really personal to what you'll be doing and the type of things you think you need. Um, one of our other admins for Dragon Con newbies, Kim, who I'm sure you guys know, Kim McGibbony, um, mm -hmm. swears by carrying around an extra pair of socks. And she will change her socks two or three times throughout the day. And she says it makes her feel great. For, for me, that's not an essential because I'm also a long distance runner. So the walking I do at Dragon Con, it's not enough for me to think that carrying that around is worth the space in my bag because I want to carry as little as possible but still have everything that I need. The thing that I can't live without is chapstick. Yeah, totally agree. Good one. Or lip balm. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I really thought about the sock pepper. thing. Like, I think that's kind of a good idea. You know, if you're not used to being on your feet all the time, you may not have room in your bag to carry around an extra pair of shoes, but some socks might help mitigate that. Another thing I really like to do, especially in cosplay, is I will, before I leave, go grab one of those $2 pairs of flip-flops at, you know, Old Navy or Walmart or something, and they're, they're super thin. They slide down the side of the bag. If I have to get somewhere fast, especially if I'm in cosplay... I will take off whatever shoes I'm wearing, throw on those flip-flops, and I can book it 
from, you know, the Hyatt to the Sheridan in five minutes. That's a great idea. Absolutely. I think, um, uh, obviously, if you can spare it, something um, for uh, for the for the for the breath. Yes. <laughs> the mints, gum, what have you, Altoids, you know, whatever, like something uh, spray, you know, whatever, whatever is your uh, uh, whatever Fireball. works for you. Yeah. Fireball. <laughs> exactly. A flask, you know, whatever. Um right. Uh, whatever works for you is probably a good idea. Um, also, um, uh, deodorant's not a bad idea. Um, Never a also, bad idea. <laughs> uh, better, better than spray. Yes. Way better than spray. Here's the and, thing to keep and we in have mind. to say this again, patchouli is not deodorant. <laughs> no. No, no. And uh, neither really is Axe. Axe, no. no Axe God, no. God, no. God, no. <laughs> But something to keep in mind, I think, that we forget often when we're in these spaces with a lot of people in them, is that people have allergies and you don't know what they are. So I have the last couple of years, especially in the newbies group, been preaching, you know, don't put perfume on in the bathroom. Somebody could have an allergic reaction to it. Don't spray it. If you need something, bring deodorant, roll on your deodorant, you're fine. Same thing with your snacks. If you can avoid it, don't carry around anything with nuts. Some people are so allergic to nuts that the dust that gets in the air from you opening a package can cause them to go into anaphylaxis. And that's not an exaggeration. So it's, I mean, you can never know. People have been doing it for years. I haven't heard of any of these problems occurring. But if it does, you don't want to be a part of that. Another thing that uh, I obviously we we subscribe to a lot. We mention you know hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. Uh, I know um, uh, friends of mine that don't go anywhere without their personalized water bottle. Um, so obviously it's not something that maybe can you know fit in all bags, but it's certainly something you want to uh, carry. It's certainly something you want an accessory you want to carry with you. Mm-hmm. And it's super easy. You don't have to have a fancy one. You don't have to spend $35 on a swell bottle. You know, pick up something from the drugstore and keep refilling it. There are water stations all over the convention. And if you forget it somewhere, spend the $2 and get another one. It's not a big deal. Yeah, good call. Don't take don't take your 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 most precious water bottle. <laughs> Goodness. Yeah, and if you're a guy walking around Dragon Con and you don't want to wear the backpack because I agree, people do forget that they have a backpack <laughs> on their back. Yep. Um, cargo shorts are your friends. As you can put deodorant, gum in one of them. You've got your phone in the other one. You've got your keys and wallet in the other one with everything. you got your badge on you. And you've got the other one for a snack and a water bottle. You're set. Four mm-hmm. pockets four uses and you've got the back pockets for whatever else you need done. Yeah. And same rules. If you're, as if you're visiting a big city, if you're carrying your wallet in your pocket, it goes in your front pocket. If you're wearing a backpack. It does not go in your outermost pocket of your backpack. We might be there for a geek Mardi Gras, but it's still a big city and not everybody has the best of intentions. So you want to make sure that you protect your stuff and keep it in a safe spot. 
something else I want to point out too, because this has served me well, and there's been times where I've just absolutely wished that I had uh, uh, brought something or had something on me at certain times. But um, I, I think um, for a lot of my fellow indie creators and creators out there, um, I know that most of the time uh, I'm at my table at Artist Alley, which is where I want to be. It's awesome. There are times when, though, that uh, whether it's during the convention hours or outside of the hours where I'm out, uh, either out eating or, uh, you know, just going to a panel, that kind of thing, walking around the con, um, it's nice to have some sort of bag that has a, at least a sampling of your work. Um, mm -hmm. because uh, I have been in many, you're, you are at a convention, and even though, yes, you are going to be at your table most of the time, when you leave your table, bring part of that with you, because there are going to be times where, I mean, you don't want to, you don't want to, like, you know, uh, solicit reading material to people in the, in the bathroom stalls, but yet, uh, I think it's a good idea to, you never know when there's going to be an opportunity, you're going to meet someone, they're going to want to check out your work, they might not be able to get to your table, especially something like DragonCon, where a lot of people can't get to all the areas all the time. So uh, to take advantage of that and at least have your have at least at the very least have business cards with you. Um, and uh, if you can carry a few books with you or whatever your work is, um, it's a good idea to have some sort of um, portfolio, small, very small portfolio bag or something like that where you can carry that. Yeah, same for podcasters, bloggers. Yes, absolutely. Even if you absolutely. don't have a table, if you have business cards, make sure you have them with you and that they're readily available. Yeah, because yeah. it is a great it is great networking opportunity. Exactly, and it's not a good idea. Honest, I am a podcast. Trust me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that well, really also, doesn't work. It's also I, really good too. Um, uh, for example, and I've and I've had this, uh, you know, this sort of happen too. And sometimes I forget. Sometimes I remember, but. When you see, we talked earlier in the show about taking pictures of cosplayers and everything. If you're going to post those um, and you want to promote where you're going to post them, a really easy thing to do is to just have cards and give them to the person either you're you're taking pictures of, or or if you're a costumer and you know you want uh, that person who's taking a picture to, that's going to post it to link something of your to something of yours to have a card that you know you can exchange really quick. In the moment, that makes things so much easier. Mm -hmm. For sure. So it's a, it's a, and it's not like, you know, I'm not saying that this has to be about business, but it's just a really nice way to exchange information very fast. Plus, how I've, are you going to give all those hot girls your number at a party? <laughs> <laughs> Got to keep contact info ready. I've been seeing that more and more with cosplayers, and it's, it's really great because, you know, the photographer will just walk over and say, like, this is where I'm going to post the pictures. And more often than not, the cosplayer also has cards in their hand and says, if you put them on Instagram, tag me. Yeah. And that's all it is. Ten seconds and they're both on their way. But now they have more information than they did before. It's very cool, um, and uh, and it helps the. It really does help the 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 whole experience last longer than the weekend. Yes. Uh, you are able to you know communicate and and build relationships throughout the year. 
That sounded so threatening there, Mike. <laughs> well, I, I don't know what Gordon did. Are but, you uh, like outside? God, God is angry with him. Apparently. I'm so jealous of the thunderstorms. I know, right? You know, he angered the tiki gods. I, I did. Gods are unhappy. <laughs> The tiki, gods, the tiki gods are unhappy with me, yes. Um, they are wondering where issue four is. Um, uh, hopefully it will be done in time for Dragon Con. So please ease up, tiki gods, and let me get through this this podcast. Okay, so um, anything else, else we need to know about the, the con bag suit? Well, I think, especially if you're not experienced with, with Dragon Con specifically, but conventions in general, the best thing to do is to start off small pack the absolute minimum of what you think you might need and if you're say thursday or friday if you keep thinking i really wish i had this start a note on your phone write it down so you don't forget it and then if you you know any night you get back to your room that you can stay awake for 10 minutes go through that bag and take out the stuff you didn't touch all day long and add the stuff you wish you had. And by the end of the con, maybe by the next con, you'll figure out what your your base is, what you absolutely know that is right for you to carry around. Because you don't need everything all the time. That's true. Yeah, I mean, I would imagine that you, the in, the items in your uh, con bag could, could vary from day to day. Mm-hmm. From, from day to evening, even. If you go back to your room. Yes. yes. <laughs> but for, for years, Kim McGibney, again, was telling me to carry around one of those, the hand fans. And I never did. I'm like, I don't need it. I'm fine outside. Until one year, she just brought me one. And I was like, all right, fine. Now I carry one everywhere I go. It doesn't leave my purse. And I mean, she was right. So if somebody suggests something to you, be open-minded about it as well. Did you suggest a, and I may have just missed this, but did you suggest a particular kind of bag, um, like over the shoulder, cross body? Like, do you have a preference? I usually carry around uh, the same bag I use daily, which is um, a shoulder bag for me. And that is a, a little bit my background. You know, I'm in New York City. I like the security of being able to press my bag against myself because it's yeah. just me. Um I'm anti-backpack. I think a great compromise is a crossbody, something that sits around your hip, because you can still put your hand on it and know that everything's still in place. Um, I'm not endorsed by anybody, but I hear great things about ThinkGeek's Bag of Holding, the con edition. I know several people who have it, several people who absolutely love it. I personally haven't used it, but I mean, it's obviously built for this purpose. So it's got all your tons of pockets, lots of different places to store things. It's even got a water bottle holder on the outside. So I can also give a secondhand endorsement of that. I know <laughs> people who have it and love it. How many gold pieces is it at the local tavern to get one of those? <laughs> About 30 bucks. <laughs> okay. It is pretty cool. I was uh, checking it out. It does look pretty nice. And I, and, uh, and of course, you know, even though it's, it's not uh, terribly exciting looking, and doesn't need to be. But 
of course they they really you know as most geeks will uh you know it's it's customizable with a lot of, you can put a lot of flair on it right mm-hmm. so your own yeah. your own stamp uh, all the uh, enamel pins that uh that you could possibly want you could put on this thing so so oh very cool well um it was a great idea great suggestion that i saw in the group so and a great article thank you for that thank you and, and thank you for joining us. If I, if I could um, just uh, take a few moments, um, uh, what's your experience with Dragon Gun? How long have you been going? Oh my gosh, how long have I been going? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> long enough to run newbies events. Um, this will be my second year as an attending professional, uh, but I have been an eternal member since '09. I want to say, and I started coming a few years before that. Okay. And, <laughs> and that, well, yeah, that's cool. Um, I was going to ask you then and follow yeah. up. Yeah. It was like when you started participating with the, with the newbies, was that, uh, because I, I don't know how old the newbies group is, but my understanding is it's been around for a few years. It's, it's been a couple of years now. It started with Kevin Batchelder who, had just had a bunch of people he knew who were going to be coming for the first time. Uh, I think one of the communities that he was in had a lot of guests coming. So there were a lot of people and he just, he started the group to answer everybody's questions at once. And then it just kept growing. Um, And that's when he brought in myself and Michael Faulkner and Kim and the four of us have been uh, running it together since then answering any questions we could. Uh, we started doing the tip threads that you mentioned regularly. And then a couple years ago, just totally unbeknownst to the powers that be at the con, we said, hey, if anybody wants to walk around the convention Thursday night before stuff starts, Thursday night, yes, before stuff starts, meet us in, in the Hyatt lobby and we'll walk you around and point stuff out. We expected maybe 15 people to show up and we probably had about 50. Um, So that was a surprise. And we kept doing that until the convention started taking notice. And then I would say four years ago, that might not be accurate, but I think about four years ago, they added us to the official programming. So we have official walking tours on Thursday night um, that end right around five or six o'clock because it just gets too crowded these days, even on Thursday. And then after that, we do a, a Q&A on Thursday night, totally open-ended. And then again, first panel of the convention, uh, Friday morning, 10 a.m., we do another newbies Q&A. So it's kind of great that we just wanted to start helping out people who were new to this, because it can be definitely overwhelming, and um, that the convention supported it. Yeah, absolutely. It's great. And, uh, you know, of course, we're big fans of Kevin. We'll be talking to him uh, later mm-hmm. on in the show like we do every month here. But um, uh, and we've had Michael on. And now that we've had you on, I guess that leaves just one more member of the key member of the <laughs> that that is escaping us. But uh, we'll we'll track her down. Um, and uh, um, I, I not to put you on the spot or anything, but one of the things that we we do here is uh, we have uh, a segment called Dragon Tales, where people tell us a, a story that has happened to them at Dragon Con that sort of encapsulates their their experience of that Dragon Con. Do you have a story that comes to mind of a, a particular memory or experience that you had there? 
Oh, I have so many. Ah, sure. Oh. I my favorite might have to be when um I was marching in the parade with the puppetry track and we were like the honor guard for Carol Spinney's car. Who big bird. Um and it, that was that was kind of amazing to even just walk alongside him and have all the emotions I did because I'm a huge Henson fan, Sesame Street, Muppets, everything. And I heard people from the street yelling towards him, thank you for my childhood. Like I was crying the whole way through the parade. It was just, it was really, really sweet. Um, Second to that would be when I wore my uh, seventh doctor gender bend cosplay to meet Syl, Sylvester McCoy, and he got a kick out of it. So that was a lot of fun too. Awesome. Those are great experiences. Yeah, I, I did not uh, run into Carol the, the first time he was at DragonCon. I, I understand he's back this year. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm, uh, I am I know that I will be a sopping mess if, mm-hmm. I, if I meet him, though, because, uh, yeah, that'll bring back a lot, of, a lot of memories for me as well. I'm so, so glad that puppetry track took off the way it did. Yes, Yes, I mean, just listen to all the the puppetry related guests that we have yeah. uh, that Mike and Mary butcher their names of. Uh, no, just kidding. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay, we did. <laughs> and, I mean, and we wear that badge probably. Both the track director is absolutely fantastic at what he does. He does this professionally as well. And the Center for Puppetry Arts in Atlanta is worth the trip and the time away from the convention if you make it out there. It's so good. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate all you do and for your time with us. Thanks. Anytime. Absolutely. Thank you. And uh, and now it's time for to hear from some more of our regulars, starting with Michelle Biddick-Simmons. And now it's time to talk to Michelle Biddick-Simmons for Drop by Dragon Con. Hey, Michelle, how are you this month? Hello. How are you doing? I'm fine. Oh, good. Got 60 days. 60 uh, days. Yeah. Which is terrifying. It went so quickly this time. It, it flew by this time. It I don't, really, don't really even, did. I don't know where it went. And, you know, all these plans I had for getting ready for the con, out the window. You know? I don't yes. even know where it went. Oh, man. So what do you got for us this month? Um, how to help yourself recover from uh, getting injured. Um, and it's simple stuff, but some of it people don't really think about. And there's like two things that are really interesting that I, I wanted to add in too. Um, so the biggest thing with when you get injured, and we're all going to have it happen at some time, um, the gains and the losses are the issue. The gains of weight, i.e. gaining weight, and the losses of muscle or even flexibility. And because as soon as you get hurt, you know this, say you have something damage your ankle, your knee, a hip, even a shoulder, your back, um, you're, you're kind of sidelined and you're limited in what you can do. And often you're dealing with your doctor and your physical therapist to try to recover, particularly if there's surgery or if it's soft tissue damage, like a meniscus tear, et cetera. And you are limited in what you do. And the first thing you need to do seriously is go online, find one of the um, calculators, put in your age, your, your weight, um, all your stats that they need, and then 
instead of saying that you're moderately active or you know heavily active athlete, put in that you're lightly active or the least active one. And that will tell you the minimum calories to keep yourself uh, at the place where you are right now. And that will help you right away. And then if you're munchy, et cetera, grab veggies. Um, add in a big salad with protein, something like that, because the biggest thing that happens, and you probably know this, when you get hurt, one of the first things that happens, other than being sidelined and you kind of feel miserable, your brain starts to tell you you want comfort food. And it's to soothe you. So all of a sudden, you really want carbs, or your body wants to eat like you've been eating when you're working out, but you can't keep doing that, or I can guarantee you're going to gain weight. And, and here's the thing. Be patient, because you're going to gain some weight anyway, no matter what. From going from working out to not working out, it's going to happen. So patience is big. Do you have a question? Yeah, I do actually have a quick question. Mm -hmm. What you, you had mentioned fruit and such, but what about nuts? Uh, it really does depend on how you process nuts, but they're they're high fat, um, they're high protein. As long as you're not eating a lot of simple carbs at the same time, your body's going to use them. Well, poor protein and good fat. Like something like if you grab a handful of almonds, like not even like raw almonds, not like uh, raw almonds with the skin. One of the best things you can do, but keep it to like eleven because that's actually a serving. Okay. Um, and more than that, you, you go to a certain point where you're going to be packing on the weight from them because they are something that helps, we think, that's one of the things that helped indigenous people that had that type of, you know, the nuts um, put on weight when they needed it. But um, the calorie thing, you need to know, as soon as you know you're hurt, you need to start creating a plan. Um, it's not just exercise. As soon as you know uh, you're cleared by your doctor and physical therapist, get a list of exercises you can do from them, and then start getting creative. Because you, you may not be able to walk much or run or do any of that, but there's seated workouts. Um, if you can walk, see if you can dance. If they tell you you can do you know, the bike, if you have a meniscus tear, they often put you on the bike. Start doing that. I don't mean it outside. I mean go to the gym and start using the bike. Um, here's something that no one really thinks about. As soon as you know you have a health issue and you have to go see your doctor or physical therapist, start getting all your paperwork together and get a letter from the doctor, get a letter from your chiropractor, the physical therapist, et cetera, and get it in your file so that your health spending account or insurance will cover the stuff and you won't have to fight about it later because we don't really think about it at the time but that's something that will come up later if you need to have um, more physical therapy or even see a massage therapist to help realign or keep your body aligning. You have to have a letter to see a, phys to a, see a massage therapist now um, and get it covered by your insurance or your health uh, spending plan. And when you, start, when you start feeling better and you can move again, you really need to be aware of how your frame is doing, how the foundation of your body is doing, because often after you've been hurt, things have shifted and some muscles are weaker and some muscles are pulling you out of place potentially. So um, I suggest as soon as you get hurt, you start journaling your food, you start tracking your water intake, cut back on all your simple carbs, stay away from sodas. If you're one of those people that work out so that you can have your sodas or your candy, Make it once a week instead of, you know, three times a week. Cut it back drastically. It's not forever. It's just to get you through this. Um, 
there's a lot of, like, you have to remember if they put you on steroids, you're going to puff up more than likely. Some antibiotics, if they put you on that, you may puff up. Really track everything that's going on with treatments because if something's not working, you need to have a conversation with your doctor or physical therapist to let them know because sometimes they'll give you steroid shots for the meniscus, et cetera, and some people don't react well to them and they need to be upfront about that or you're going to keep getting those shots and you do not want to deal with that. Um, other aspects of this, I tore meniscus and um, I pivoted one day and I didn't even think about it. And thankfully I had been tracking and keeping an eye on stuff and I was able to tell my doctor, oh, I, piv I can pivot now. And that's a big deal because otherwise I would have been going in to have surgery. But because I told him that, he was like, oh, we can get you onto something else now. And most people don't even think about, you know, when you move and you do something that's a daily thing, all of a sudden you can do it again after being hurt. Track it. Track all of that. Track, track your sleeping patterns. Um, all of that is very, very important. Now, here's the thing about exercise. Even if you are hurt and have limited capability for exercise, just sitting on the couch and, you know, you can't bend your legs because it hurts. Keep your legs, you know, at the, the, in the position that it feels good. And then walk your legs up and down. Use your weights in your hands. Put your hands above your heart because that actually gets your heart really going and pumping. Um, anything that you're doing like that is getting oxygen to all the areas, including the area that's damaged. And the more oxygen and the more blood flow, the better off that area is, the faster it's going to spring back. And saying that, as soon as you're cleared from your doctor um, or your physical therapist, there is something that you can do. There are two things that are really very interesting. I've mentioned them before. Uh, cryotherapy and a lot of areas now have where you can go in and you stand in this thing where uh, they kind of close these little silver doors and your feet and your face are kind of out of it. And they take your body temperature down quite a bit. I suggest if you do it, you make sure from your doctor beforehand that you don't have any issues with, you know, where you'd pass out, et cetera. Um, but take someone with you so that they're in the room with you just to talk you through because you have to kind of keep your mind off of it. It's only, I think it's three minutes that you're in this exceedingly cold temp. But the benefits are amazing. A lot of elite athletes now do this because when they have damage, um, this actually helps get the blood and helps it heat your core up. It makes your body more active. It really does help the tissue that's damaged. And if it's a soft tissue issue, this is a big deal for you. It's like, you know, you used to go to the hyperbolic tanks if you could do that and it would help you. That also does help. The other one and it's in a lot of towns now, are infrared saunas. Um, the same thing is if you can have someone go with you and either be in the sauna with you or sit outside and talk to you because they're kind of discreet small things in private rooms. Um, infrared saunas do similar to what the cryotherapy does, but on the other end of the spectrum. It heats your system up, it helps get oxygen throughout, and it does actually help target areas where you've had damage it allows your body to kind of relax. It allows your fascia to get fluid again because the fascia likes to get kind of warmed up and be able to move. And it can really help you structurally get back in uh, to the form you were before. So do you have any questions? No, so far so good. And it truly makes a lot of sense with what you're saying and a way to rehab yourself. 
Right. And, and, you know, when you do uh, like endurance running or you do, um, you know, marathons, et cetera, afterwards you do the ice bath. Well, that's to help you the swelling down, the damage down, and it allows your body to start building, getting ready to build the muscle back up. Well, ice baths are similar to the cryotherapy, except the cryotherapy is shorter and faster and you're not sitting in it, you're standing in it. Um, there are some places that have like rooms that are cold rooms that you go in and stand in. Um, anything like that that allows your body to be in the perfect situation to work on itself and start to heal itself after you've had some sort of damage is fabulous. But please be really patient with yourself, be kind with your body, because a lot of times what happens, people get frustrated and then they start trying to do more faster and it causes more damage. And, you know, it's going to take time. You've hurt yourself. You need to recover. Oh, yeah, very much so. Cool. Um, what other little bits of advice do you have before we head out? Okay, we're getting close to con. We have 60 days. Really start hydrating. Start working on finding out uh, your ways to get more sleep in because you know you're going to be exhausted at con. Um, start start prepping mentally too for the crowds, for the noises. You know, it's it's going to make you more joyful to do that as well. But also plan for your downtimes when you're at con because there are going to be times when a lot of us um, need to be away from other people. Figure out someplace around the hotels where you can go and just be quiet or be with friends for a while. Nope, that's perfect. I can totally see that. So how can people find you, Misha? Um, drop by DragonCon on Facebook. It's not a page. It's the community. We have a page but you need to find the actual community and you get vetted and, and we'll add you. And it's a great group. We have people going in and out constantly as they reach goals or change goals, but we see people that come back and whenever they need a boost, et cetera. And it's a great group. No, very much so. Yep. Okay. Looking forward to talking to you again next month where it will just be 30 days. I know it's insane. I know. Well, good luck. Goodwill. Yeah. <laughs> best wishes to everyone out there hope you make your goals and we will see you next month Ciao. and now it's time for our chat with eternal zan hey zan hey how's it going good you ready to talk a little bit what's going on with hotels and such this month well last month we kind of ran out of time to talk about how to transfer a room so that'll be my topic for this month so the first thing I wanted to let people know about is that the hotels have been cracking down on scalpers, and this has been going on for years. So as far as I know, there's never been an official announcement by Dragon Con or any of the hotels, but some fans suspect the reason for the non-refundable deposits that they have now that didn't exist years and years ago is to deter scalpers. So this may also be the reason for a minimum stay requirement of three or four nights to get the discounted Dragon Con rate, which makes sense because doing this makes sure people just coming into town for one night for a football game or any other event aren't able to get the Dragon Con rate. And you know, when you book a year, when you book a room nearly a year in advance, it could happen that you end up not being able to go and you want to give the room to one of your roommates. So your roommate can pay you back for the non-refundable deposit that you gave the hotel. 
and keep the room for themselves. Now, this is a question I get pretty often. If you transfer a legacy room into somebody else's name, then yes, you're giving up the legacy, which means for 2019, you won't have first dibs to get a room at that same hotel. You'll need to compete with everybody else for a room. Only a few hotels even offer the legacy option, and of course, they're in pretty high demand. Did you have any questions about that so far? No, so far it all makes pretty much sense. And I know a few of the hotels are, you know, doing the legacy and some are actually even doing a little bit before this year's Dragon Con. Yeah, I think that's happened with the Sheraton in the past that you could actually get your room at the Sheraton before this year's Dragon Con ever happened. So, and since the Sheraton takes 100% of the cost of the entire stay. So that's going to be a thousand dollars or more, depending on your room type and number of people in the room, all that. You're really, a lot of people, you're really budgeting for two Dragon Cons at once now. So, okay, so I'll just skip ahead on the main topic, which is how to transfer a room. And the link to this can be found in the pin post of the Dragon Con Rooms Facebook group. And you can also just Google DragonCon Wiki Hotel, and it'll take you to this link, which I'll spell out, http colon slash slash dragon dash con dot dot com slash hotels. So the most important point is never give your credit card number to anyone but the hotel. You know, that should be obvious, but that's a quick way to weed out somebody who's trying to scam you. If somebody says, hey, I've got a hotel room, all I need is your credit card number, nope, don't do that. And of course, you should always keep an eye on your credit card charges for, you know, weeks after Dragon Con because it can take time for all the charges to show up. Now, there's two different versions of the transfer procedure on the website that I just mentioned, but I'm just going to go over the short version. And I would say allow about 15 to 30 minutes for this, depending on the speed of customer service at the hotel. So the first step is, if you're giving your room to someone, first have them pay you back for the non-refundable deposit. And if you're paying someone else for a room, use a method that allows you to dispute the charge if needed, such as PayPal or a credit card. And you know, you just, you always wanna have documentation on everything. So the second part is to be polite, patient, and persistent, which you're gonna need because you're probably not gonna be able to transfer a reservation online. This is very common for reservations that were made at the Dragon Con rate. So you have to set aside the time to call the hotel directly using their local 404 area code. Because if you call the 800 number, I mean, sometimes that works, but you could also get sent to a call center that may never have heard of Dragon Con. So call the hotel directly and put the other person's name on your reservation as a roommate. And I recommend calling the hotel directly Monday through Friday during regular business hours and asking to speak to the person in charge of group reservations because Dragon Con is a group reservation. And that option might be on the phone tree, but it might not. So you might get transferred to somebody and then say, hey, can you connect me to group reservations? And that might be the job of only one person at each hotel. So especially as Dragon Con gets closer, understand that it can get take time to get in touch with this one person, and you might need to leave a voicemail or send them an email if you can get their email address and wait to hear back. 
Have you ever made a reservation with Passkey, Mike? Yeah, we used, when I used to stay at the Marriott, I did. Okay. I think last year, Hyatt was the only one to use, the only host hotel, at least, to use Passkey. So if you made your reservation via Passkey, which is a system some hotels use to make reservations, then Passkey might be the only ones that can change it. Calling the hotel directly might not work if you made your reservation through Passkey. But after you've gotten past that and you've successfully added a new name to the room, then have the hotel send you the confirmation email again. And this may or may not have the new person's name on it. Sometimes a roommate name only shows up online or in the hotel system. So ask your hotel about this because you don't want the person you're giving the reservation to to be like, hey, why isn't my name on the room? And then the next step is now you're going to email the person taking over the room. You're going to email them the confirmation email, remove any of your private info if it's on there, but leave on the reservation number. And in your email, ask the new person to do these four things. Number one, call the hotel and remove your name from the reservation. Number two, replace your credit card information with their credit card information. Number three, change the email address on file so they're going to get any future emails from the hotel. Number four, if there's any changes they want to make, such as date changes or room requests, the new person that the reservation now belongs to should do this as well because it's their reservation so they can make all the changes. And finally, ask the new person to tell you when all this has been done because after it's all been done, then you're going to call the hotel and verify that your name, credit card, and email address are no longer on file, especially your credit card, because you never want to leave your credit card information on a room you aren't, you aren't staying in. You don't want to be, you know, accidentally billed for any late night room service charges. And then finally, make sure you understand that adding more than one name to a room can increase the a cost. A typical price is $20 per person per night plus taxes. And the price for additional roommates can be seen in the fine print both before you book the room and in the confirmation email. So make sure you give accurate prices to all your roommates. If you have somebody join your room at the last minute, that's okay. You can add more names in person when you check in. Just be aware of how many names on the room and how that's going to affect your cost. Did you have any questions? Do you think I forgot anything? No, you actually told me more than I even expected you to. Yeah, that was actually my short version, my, my long version of like every single tip and trip, tip and trick that I know is on the DragonCon wiki, which again, you can just Google DragonCon wiki hotels and you should get to the DragonCon wiki and their website address is dragon-con.pbworks.com. And they, there's like every single thing I know is on that website because it's just way too much to tell people over and over and over again so if somebody says hey how do i transfer a room i'm like click here's the link well there you go that sounds perfect no I, tons of information and you know definitely check out the wiki folks she has even more stuff and you know all the way down to the little details that you're not even thinking about yet yeah you know it's, it's common for people to kind of get frustrated during some part of the process so that's why I've added little things in there because it, you know, sometimes you just get a confirmation email and it says, click here to change it. And then you can't change it. And then you're like, what do I do now? So, 
you know, like I said, usually calling the 404 number and asking for group reservations is very helpful and you just need a little bit of patience. That's even better. Well, thank you, Zan. I appreciate it always. So we will talk to you not next month, but we will talk to you in August. Wonderful. And if anybody wants to contact me directly, you can go to the contact form at www.dragonconeternalmembers.com and send me a message that way. Sounds perfect. Thanks, Dan. Thank you. And now, once again, we have joining us Kevin Batchelder. Kevin, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. Great to be here again, guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, so we're talking this on this episode about, uh, you know, preparing for the con. I mean, we, we're we're less than 100 days out. It's it's really getting to be crunch time. And uh, uh, we're talking about things you bring and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, I'm kind of curious how you and I know everybody's different. Uh, but um, as since one of the main activities you do is participate in panels, uh, what goes into participating in a panel and preparing for that panel? Oh, good question. And and the answer very much after doing it for many years does vary a bit depending upon the track and, uh, and what I'm doing for that panel. Um, as many folks know, each track director kind of runs their tracks just a little bit differently. You know, some tracks like to have very organized discussions uh, of topics and uh, like to have very moderated, controlled uh, lines of discussion. Others are a little more shoot from the hip. So uh, I, I get to know the track directors a little bit, ask them, you know, how they like to run things if I haven't done panels for them before, and that can change. So in some cases, I'm making documents with bullet points. If I'm moderating or leading a panel, I might have a little more detail that I'm a I'm just a panelist, and if it's one of those tracks that kind of shoots from the hip, then I just go with the knowledge I have on the subject. So I, I try to adapt. We're a few months out. So in, in terms of this year in particular, how much do you know and how much are you getting ready for the, your panels this year? Well, at this point, we're getting close to the, uh, I don't know if you call it the deadline. Well, I guess it is a deadline where the track directors have to get in a schedule, maybe the first revision of their schedule. So attending professional, I'm starting to hear from track directors about particular panels I might be on. And that's when I see some of the subjects that are going to be involved. So some of these things I've reached out ahead of time to show an interest. So I've already been maybe maintaining a a document with some bullet points and some others I might find out uh, where folks might have a desire to have me involved and then I'll have to be a little more reactive on those. So it, it's more or less at this point starting to organize some topic ideas or things I think might be important if we're doing some discussions. As I said, it's for me, it's mainly the ones if I'm going to be either a traditional moderator uh, where I'm doing more questions than topic knowledge or other panels sometimes where I'm more or less the leader uh, of a panel, not so much a moderator, so I'm both involved and also making sure it stays on track. In that case, I might uh, start to organize some information to eventually be reaching out to some of the other fellow panelists. So we do a little prep ahead of time. Are there now? Do you uh, go full out, and are there panels that you kind of either uh, create soup to nuts and bring presentations, or um, are you pretty much mainly folk like mainly participating in? in sort of fan panels, discussion panels? It, for the most part, it's traditional fan panels. I mean, my uh, background 
that I'll be covering is often TV shows and sometimes movies. So in those cases, you know, there's a certain, uh, you know, breadth of content you have to be totally up to uh, current on and and know what might be of interest there. When I many years doing the uh, the sci-fi drive-in heckle along that we would do myself and Joe Crow, then there there's a little more presentation in terms of you know. Uh, coming up with the movie to screen, coming up with some of the funny stuff we will do for it. That, that Those were a lot more prep uh, and planning and topic information than maybe something on a particular season of a TV show where you basically just have to make sure you've seen it and, and are ready to talk about the things that will come up. Um, do you, Yeah, because I know that um, uh, talking to... Well, we had him on uh, last month's edition of the Dragon Con Report, our good friend... Uh, Kevin Eldridge, who is one of the uh, main man, main men behind uh, uh, the Flopcast here on the ESO network, um, and, and he takes. It's funny for a guy who who, who it seems like uh, he doesn't take anything seriously. Um, he does a lot of prep work for his panels. I mean, he does uh, slideshow presentations, PowerPoint presentations, uh, puts them all together, um, and uh, it seems like it takes him like few, uh, quite a few months in advance. That, yeah. Do you do you get that heavy involved? Well, it's funny. I've talked I've talked to Kev a little bit. Uh, he and I are both in the Boston area. I think a couple of years we've ended up on the same flights going down to Con. Right. Um, I think we were last year. I forget which ones. You know, sometimes they merge together now, but uh, in a good way. And yeah, we've chatted a little bit about uh, some of the stuff he's doing, and um, you know, the the knowledge he puts together, and some of that stuff. I mean. You're right. He's he's a very cool guy, very casual guy, but you know, one of those people that when he needs to put something together, he gets into his zone and puts it all together there. Um, so that that's what I love about Con. You know, sometimes things are very well uh, organized and put together that way with presentations. Other times they're not, uh, and that doesn't mean one is better than another. It's just a different style, and that's yeah, that's absolutely. what I love. You know, that's what I love both being involved and also attending at Con is that they're, all these panels are not exactly the same. It's not always going to be a moderator, five panelists, structured discussion. You know, sometimes it's three people, and we're talking about stuff that's only slightly related to what's written in the program by the time you get going. So, <laughs> uh, And that's not in a bad way. It's just things are so dynamic, and you never know where they're going to go. That's what I love about COD. So over the years, I've learned to get a little better, not get quite as uh, anal. I am one of those folks who can sometimes overprepare, but I've kind of learned to get a little better at reading you know, what a track director is looking for. So it fits in better for them. Now in the history of Dragon Con and your experience with Dragon Con, has there been a particular panel that you have suggested, put together a sort of babysat, moderated, been, the, been it, it was your baby from the get-go and, and went over pretty well? Uh, there have been a few. There was one, uh, Goodness, going back several years now, that all kind of merges, as I said earlier, probably at least five, six years. I had suggested to the Whedon, when the Whedon track uh, was its own track, the idea of doing very early in the con, actually on the on the Friday, uh, a panel where we set up panelists to basically introduce each of the Joss Whedon shows for newbies, as if, so you can come to this panel, no, you wouldn't be spoiled on any of the shows, but not everyone had seen all of the Whedon shows. And I said, wouldn't it be good if we had some knowledge experts who could come in and do some roundtables, spend a few minutes on Buffy at the table you were at. You know, we'd organize chairs almost like. And then we'd rotate the knowledge experts so that you didn't have to move as a uh, an attendee. The next person coming in was going to give you some intros to Angel. The next person was going to talk about Firefly. So that was an idea I had thrown out to that track director for like 
two or three years before it actually made it on the program. Um, so I was very proud and pleased to be able to help with that one. I remember when we were doing that one. That sounds very cool. Now, was that a series of panels or was that was was that like like Whedon 101? Like it, just it was one like panel? I, I jokingly referred to it as speed Whedon, kind of like speed, <laughs> speed dating because, you know, you had one you had one panel slot and we were covering multiple shows. So uh, I had to talk to some folks who could cover that show in 10 minutes or less, uh, including some questions. So that was it was just one panel, um, but it just seemed like a great concept on how to kick off that track. Well, very cool. I um, I I, I know that, uh, and I'm gonna spend a, a minute just to crow myself because I'm very proud of uh, the uh, the success of the Tiki Pop panel, which I introduced to the uh, comic programming a couple years ago, and uh, we've now we're going to do a third one uh, this year, and uh, it's. Uh, it's gotten great reviews in the app, so I thank everybody who's attended. If you've attended one of those and you voted for us in the app, thank you so much. Um, but it is really nice to see that sort of thing. I mean, even if you weren't, uh, a, you know, if you're not a guest uh, or, you know, um, they're in any official capacity, most of the track directors are really open to to ideas, you know, um, coming from uh, a number of sources uh, of, pe of what people want to talk about. I mean, they... It, like it's it's sometimes it's difficult to come up with enough programming and sometimes it's difficult to to narrow down the amount of programming that you have but oh, um, yeah. mm -hmm. it, it's a crazy life those directors lead <laughs> it is insane the amount of content they have to cover and uh, moving pieces as far as panelists and topics so yeah and as you said that that Whedon idea was something I had presented long before I became an attending professional. I was just an attendee who had, you know, been involved in the track a couple of years and uh, each year putting out that idea because those track directors were open as you said Mike to hearing some concepts and uh, things. Sometimes the ideas made it on, sometimes they didn't, you know, but you knew it was a collaborative process. That's part of really what makes con um, so much fun is knowing that you can do that. And and we also had fun one time in the Whedon track uh, another example was a couple of years later with a different track director by this point uh, where they did a panel on, I think it was titled something to the effect of teenagers saving the world. So instead of covering like one show, uh, you had talking about characters from Buffy, from the Hunger Games, from Vampire Diaries. You know, this idea of characters who were still in their teens, but they ended up with the weight of the world having to save it, you know, in those different universes and so forth. And that was a very fascinating discussion across many different uh, book and movie and TV uh, universes. So that was a great example of a lot of fun there. And and that is a great idea. And and I also noticed that, you know, if you present a panel idea and are willing to, you know, work with them to bring it to fruition, like do all the heavy lifting, like as far as, you know, panelists and and all that sort of thing, that that's like less off their plate right so they're like they're like hey if someone here is willing to like if we can give this person like an hour or so and uh, they'll take care of everything that's that's really nice it gives the, the directors and some of the other folks there on the staff a, a little bit of a break yeah and the thing too is dragon con though if you are someone who's thought about that unlike you know many of the other cons around the country they look for panel submissions like that if you will turnkey you know moderator panelist topic and everything Mm -hmm. Some some of the tracks here at DragonCon are interested in that. Some are not. The, the, some of those have directors who very much want to be a part of that collaborative process. So they might still let you do a lot of the heavy lifting, but they want sure. to be very much involved in it. So 
the reason I say that is I've had some folks tell me they wanted to reach out with an idea and a certain track wasn't that interested and they thought the whole con might not be. But again, it's it's the way each of the directors runs their uh, track that you just need to sometimes be very adaptive in terms of how you present ideas. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is really, you know, 30 some, whatever it is, how many tracks there are, like conventions in, in is smirched into one. So, I mean, yeah, there are, everyone has its own feel. That's what's, that's the beauty of it. And sometimes a little bit of the frustration, but yeah, um, no, that's, it's a roller coaster. <laughs> it is, absolutely. And we're getting ever so close to it. Um, uh, Kevin, I thank you so much uh, for spending uh, time with us this month. Uh, uh, like, like most of uh, our, um, our regulars, we're going to take a month off from our regulars in July, but we will see you back in August right before the show. Uh, looking forward to it. Awesome, man. Well, um, and in the meantime, where can people find you online? Uh, if folks are interested in any of the DragonCon newbie activities, just go to dragonconnewbies.org. There are lots of resources there that will help you out. And if you're interested in any of the genre movie and TV stuff that I cover, that's over at our podcast website at tuningintosci-fi-tv.com. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thank you. Perfect. And before we draw a close to our episode of the 2018 Dragon Con Con Report, we've got some Dragon Tales to that we got in from some good friends, very good friends of the station, uh, including the award-winning Bobby Nash. Uh, our good friend and co-host of the Earth Station One, uh, Earth Station Who podcast, Mary Ogle, and Doctor Geek himself, Scott Vigay. Hi, I'm Bobby Nash, and this is my Dragon Con report, Dragon Bite. This year marks my 30th Dragon Con. You know, it's hard to believe it's been 30 years. In that time, I've been an attendee, I've been press, an attending professional, and a guest. My earliest memories of Dragon Con is walking into the Atlanta Hilton and being mesmerized at the sheer size of it all. I'd never been part of anything that seemed so large as it did then. It was just, it was the biggest thing I had ever seen in terms of a gathering of people. Um, boy, if only 18-year-old me could see just how big this thing would become, wouldn't he be surprised? I think of Dragon Con as my home convention. I do a lot of events throughout the year, but this is the big one for me. This gathering of geeky has become a special part of my life, and I can't imagine a year without it, even if I'm only there for a day. There are many great memories associated with the show. Over the years, I have met some wonderful people and made lifelong friends. I have appeared on panels with people whose work I admire, and I've signed my share of autographs. Both of those things are something that that naive, shy Bobby who showed up at his first Dragon Con in 1989 could never have guessed what happened. Now, as we head into 2018 Dragon Con, I find myself looking at another growth spurt for the con. A new floor has been added to the apparel mart for the comic and pop art track, which is where I will be uh, located. Which means, hey, a new adventure to undertake, which is always cool. I'm looking forward to seeing all of you in Atlanta this Labor Day weekend. Please stop by and say hi. Hi, everyone. This is Mary Ogle. You probably know me from such things as Earth Station Who. My first memory of Dragon Con is being dropped off in front of the Hyatt by my Uber driver. 
I couldn't afford to stay at a host hotel, but, it, you know, it's easy to arrange transportation in this age of car service apps and instant gratification. The air smells of soft sweat and distant rain. It is cooler today than usual. The fringes of a hurricane are stealing away the heat, but increasing the heavy blanket of humidity. Batman swaggers by, encased in black armor and a lovingly handcrafted helmet. A well-muscled warrior in yellow removes his elaborate headpiece to reveal a man of about 80. Teenage fairy folks skip by with gauzy blue wings and sharply pointed ears. Their laughter echoes through the crowd, and the morning light sparkles around them as they push each other through the revolving doors, and I think, this is it. This is my tribe. I have found my tribe. And that's what Dragon Con means to me. It's a place to be with people who, who just get you. Whether they know you or not, they just get who you are. <laughs> Dr. Scott Gay here, Dr. Geek of Dr. Geek's Laboratory. And for my dragon tale, I'm going to pick the time that I got to be the MC for the Adrian Paul Highlander panel. Thanks to Joe and Gary of the American Sci-Fi Classics track, I, I got an opportunity of a lifetime. I'm a massive Highlander fan, and I was president of the fencing team at UC Davis back in my college days. And, you know, how can you not love Highlander? And Adrian Paul as Duncan McLeod, well, you know, it kind of made up for all those sequels that made no sense. Uh, anyway, uh, it was really, really awesome. And what it made it even more special was the fact that uh, you know, the job originally called for me just to introduce Adrian Paul and then kind of get out of the way. Um, but they actually allowed me to stay on stage with him and uh, and all that sort of stuff. So I got to sit at the table while he grabbed the mic and worked the room and uh, told us some fantastic stories of when he was filming in France and so forth. And uh, anyway, it was really, really, really special. Fencing and Highlander are uh, two of my uh, favorite memories from uh, my college days. And uh, it's just, uh, you know, a, a fan experience like no other. And really, honestly, it's because of the American Sci-Fi Classics track and the, uh, uh, the people I got to know through the ESO network that made that possible. So of all the cool things that I've done as Dr. Geek at Dragon Con throughout the many years with, you know, the kids track and the uh, British media track and the other worlds track and uh, the science track and all that other stuff. I mean, everybody's been fantastic. Dr. Q from the ESO network, I mean, he's fantastic. And I'll do his time travel panel Anytime he asks me, uh, but come on now, there can be only one. So anyway, that's my Dragon Tale. Hope everybody enjoys Dragon Con and, and have a great time and apply your geekdom. <laughs> Thanks, guys. We appreciate those memories, those good stories. And um, yes, please, if you've got Dragon Tales of your own, please send them to us. You can send us an audio clip like uh, Mary and Bobby and Scott did, or you can just call our... Uh, ESO feedback line at 404-963-9057 and just leave us a message and uh, we will play that on the air. So, um, But now it's time to draw a close. And so now it's time to draw a close to our sixth episode of the 2018 Dragon Con Con Report. A big thanks to everyone for joining us on this episode, uh, particularly our guest, Sue. Thank you so much, Sue. You're welcome. <laughs> 
I'm very ominous. Yes. I am living in the Munster house. Uh, that's, uh, that's the feeling that I'm getting tonight. But no, thank you so much for joining us. Once again, where can people find you uh, if they want to chat with you uh, out of the outside the convention? Sure. Um, well, I'm always in the DragonCon Newbies group on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter at Spaltor. That's S-P-A-L-T-O-R. And if Star Trek and feminism are your jam, I co-host the Women at Warp podcast on the Roddenberry Podcast Network. Awesome. Awesome. That is cool to know. We will have links to all those in our show notes. Thank you so much. You got uh, it. I also want to give big thanks to our regulars, Michelle Biddick-Simmons, Eternal Zan, and Kevin Batchelder, and, of course, our station crew. We made it through another episode. Thank you, Mary. Absolutely. I'll see you next month. Absolutely. Actually, no, you will see two us. Two months. I'll see you yeah, in two months. two months. Yes, I'm giving you all a month off uh, so that we can, uh, yeah, so that you can help with I get I a month think, off, yeah. I know you got a lot. Not you, Mike. I know. Oh. <laughs> I, I know that uh, someone's got to press the button, man. Sorry. Um, <laughs> what am uh, I going to do without my Facebook notifications lighting up? <laughs> um. Uh, no, next month we will be um, interviewing. We've got lots of interviews planned for some track directors, some guests of Dragon Con, past and present. It's going to be a really fun, fun episode. A little bit different for us, but uh, and then we'll uh, the, the regular crew will be back in August, right before the big con, to let us let you all know what they'll be doing and what they're looking forward to the most. As so. we're sweating over our sewing machines and glue guns, finishing everything at the last second. Um, that's exactly why I'm giving you guys July off. So you know, we're not and... going to do anything, right? <laughs> well, that, right? that's, you know, I can't control that. There. Okay. But, <laughs> but uh, thank you, sir, for joining us as well. Oh, you're welcome. Anytime. And thank you, Mike, for, of course, which none of this would be possible. Of course, because I'm the guy who hits record. You are the button presser. Thank you. That's going to go in my grave. I am the button presser. <laughs> he pressed all our <laughs> buttons. Um, we try to cover all we can with these reports, but please uh, keep up with the latest news. Check out the official DragonCon website, social media outlets, particularly their Facebook group. They That's where they I think they break news first. That's, of course, where we found out about uh, Capaldi uh, being a guest just a, a few hours ago um, as we were recording this. Um, all the tracks are active on Facebook and various social media, so check them all out. Uh, we here uh, can be found on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Google+, and Stitcher. We want you to be part of the discussion, so please feel free to join us um, in, our, in, our great, in our great Facebook group, uh, the ESO Network group. Uh, the Dragon Con Con Report is sponsored in part by Borderlands Comics and Games in beautiful Greenville, South Carolina. Uh, it's not that far a ride from Atlanta, Charlotte, and Nashville. So for more information, check out all the details on the store at borderlands.us. Be sure to check out our Amazon link at the top of the ESO Network site. It doesn't cost you any more to purchase your stuff, and it really does help us out a lot. We also have a Tee Public store filled with all kinds of cool designs uh, by the aforementioned Mary Ogle, who also gave us a Dragon Con tale. Um, and there's a link for that at the top of the network page, as well as our Patreon page. Dun, dun, dun. And we've got a lot of exciting stuff happen, as we mentioned at the top of the show, with the Patreon. So thank you for all your support. We really do appreciate it. And thank you for listening. I'm your host, Mike Gordon, and it has been my pleasure. We'll see you at the con. Ta-da! Woohoo! Yay!
Ten. Sixty days. No. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Girl's game. Mm-hmm. Hashtag fact. <laughs> Hashtag. I said, hey, little girl, what do you do? I've been waiting all week for something like you. Cause it's Friday night and everybody's in the street. I say, come on, come on, come on, come on with me. Hey. All that weekend. Gonna be some fucking rolling. Everybody's gonna get you. It's a party, a party, party weekend. It's a party. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the TeePublic store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.